0: You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheel lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis.
1: Well, well, well. (laughs) Who Here do we, we have are. in our studio today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Here we are sitting with Stephen Caesar. Hello, <laughs> stoked to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me and having me on. So, yeah, yeah.
1: this is our our first without swap. <laughs> our our producer. Sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah. Producer swap. That's is what he
1: said. his last one. He was our because I told him we always talk about him. So he's our producer. So doing the whole video and trying this ourselves for YouTube and the podcast. So and running into you this weekend, I'm really yeah. stoked that yeah. you're willing to. Not that we all don't love each other, so it's like, yeah, cool, let's do this. So we're sitting in our in our studio today um, with Mr. Steven Cesar, who I have to tell you um, worked at a previous employer with me and uh, knew about you, knew who you were, because I used to be in the BMX days, mm-hmm. but we, one thing on the podcast we always come across is, or we always try to ask is, what what got you into two wheels? Mm-hmm. That's, that's huge for me, because like... You can always talk where people are at, but what led you to this, you know, to where we're at today? So take us on back. I know there's a lot of, and and you guys can go look up Steven when he first wanted to be on the team. Sorry, I got to tell this first. (laughs) People, you know, like, I wouldn't like, someone said, oh, he wants to be on the team, wants to be on the team. I'm like, let me Google this guy, you know, like, hold (laughs) on. And I remember the name from being out in BMX, but I'm like, okay, so your story, you know me, I was crying when I seen you the next time, so... For you to get where you're at, I'm above and beyond excited, ecstatic, and, and I love your woman. I love you. Yeah. And so <laughs> you. Uh, tell us what got you two Yeah, two wheels and to what the, it does. Let's yeah. Let's go,
3: go yeah. way back to the very beginning. When what you were in diapers. You, what <laughs> okay. got you on two wheels? Because yeah. I, I know a little bit of it, but it's pretty cool huh. to, to hear it from you. Yeah. You know, I mean,
2: my earliest memories are me being on a bike and uh, just like pushing a basically like a you know, a three-wheel tricycle through my parents' backyard trying to find a track or find a flow on it. But, you know, at the same time, I, my bike has uh, given me strength and given me um, um, confidence. It's given me uh, motivation in life. It's, you know, it kept me, um, it's just kept me on the right track throughout my life. And, um, how you know, it's just it's a long story, but like I've always been really naturally just wanting to ride a bike and really good on a bike. And, my you know initially my dad put me on a bicycle because he wanted me to be a professional dirt bike rider and that was kind of like his dream so um the bike was just to basically make me a better dirt bike rider and uh it just the love grew you know and I, i just started to love racing and we just that was our weekend thing to do with the parents and go out camping and and just i would love to walk the track and just learn the lines and and you know, I, I got noticed pretty early on, so like I got sponsored when I was like, you know, eleven years old and um
3: talking on the on as, BMX. As far as BMX goes, okay. yeah.
2: So like um became like a factory rider at eleven years old and was traveling the wow. States and um, you know, I was like rather than like focusing on school, it was like more like, Hey, we have a national coming coming up this weekend, you know, um we need Steven to be there and like I didn't have the structure to really like be focused with school and that I kind of took more on like, okay, I'm going to do this for a living, you know? And that was like the mindset at 11 years old, you know, like, no, like school's just to get me by, like I'm just here, but I'm also going to be a professional for sure. This is like my thing. Like, right. And you know, like I, I was winning amateur races, winning amateur titles, like, you know, um, and, uh, just, six it was just like kind of a tear between like is he going to do motocross or bmx and um i was so good on both of them and so it was just like it became to the point where like you know motocross was harder to fund and it was putting a lot of pressure on like Mm. my parents and i was noticing how much money they're spending on like funding this motocross thing and like the bmx thing was already being funded by sponsors like they already wanted me at the races and so i was like i don't want to do that to my parents like and oh well, I, that, and like that's a good
1: decision maker i mean yeah uh, you had you had you had your own thoughts at that age to know that that it cost
2: for sure and like it, i could see it was just like kind of tearing them they wanted it so bad for me but at the same time there was something inside me like i i was like i knew i could do it but there was just something inside me like i got arm pumped pretty bad on dirt bikes so okay. like it was like there was a you know, and there would have to be something major to overcome that, to allow me to, like, be at the top, and I knew that, but, like, bicycle racing just sort of came more naturally to me, so I took off quickly. As soon as, like, I made that decision, I'm just going to do BMX, kind of got out of my parents' place, like, you know, it was just, like, boom, like, I turned pro right away, like, started winning these, like, amateur races to lead me into a pro, um, you know, a, a pro career, so, like, I got funded pretty early for it through usa cycling and okay. like the olympics were coming on strong in 2008 so um
1: so let's back up what yeah. was your first sponsor when you
2: for sure <laughs> on
1: your bike 2000?
2: yeah it's pretty wild because uh, there's a little bike shop in montrose it's called montrose bike shop and they're pretty close to like pasadena and lacrosse and right. they still exist and um it was a uh, just a family friend at the time um, named John Grind, and he like just had a huge passion for BMX and cycling and just sponsored me, gave me a Montrose Bike Shop jersey and Started going to the track and you know it was, nice. it, was it was cool yeah, it was a yeah. good time. So, and then yeah, what yeah, was yeah. your
1: first factory sponsor and how old were you when you got? Yeah, like when you know that point like you guys tease coach and L- I. Go,
2: always
3: wants to to do this the the aha moment. Yeah, because that's what she was. <laughs>
1: I do I love it because there's that spot where you're like whether you're riding or, and it's like, you know Maxine says that you love to feel the wind in your face you feel like, not not so much the freedom but freedom right like. For sure. Like, you already know you were good at this. You already know what direction you want to do. But, like, the fact that you can smile and, like, I'm on my bike and I'm getting paid. I get to travel. Mm-hmm. That moment is what he's <laughs> he's bringing up, my yeah. aha yeah. moment.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, you know, you th- there's that aha moment when I was, like, a kid. You know, I'm not being paid for it, but at the same time, I kind of am. And right. I'm, being, I'm getting a factory ride from factory Diamondback. And that's when they were, like, huge. That was, like, their heyday. Okay. So, you know, as a kid, now I'm being able to not I even asked my parents It's basically just already being booked for me like hey you're going to this race we're traveling here but my big aha moment you know um, as a pro was uh, I just turning 19 and um, Mike Redman wanted me to just like go on to a bigger scale so they basically you know put their whole program and made it you know after me and I was going to turn a pro and I was going to become rookie pro of the year and that was online. That's what was happening, and I actually came and won the A, um, ABA Grand Nationals my rookie year as an A pro, and then turned double A my next year, and um, that's an elite in, in BMX racing terms. And um, yeah, um, got you know it was pretty quickly. The success the success happened so quickly, and like Mike Redmond. Had a great program for me and did big things for me and like paid, you know, out of his own pocket for me to go to World Cup races in like France and stuff like that for me to get noticed. And, you know, when you get noticed, it's, you know, other companies with more money and more funding are going to, you know, approach you. And, you know, unfortunately, like Mike didn't have the funding at that time. And, you know, I left to go to Haro Rockstar in um, late 2007. And uh, it was cool because it was a dream come true. But I'm also leaving someone that was, like, yeah. basically my dad. You know, he did everything for me. And, um, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have made it without him, that person. So, you know, when I made it to Harrow Rockstar, I was crazy because my success even took off more rapidly from there. And I, you know, went to uh, China and placed second in the world. You know, yeah. like my first. It was basically, like, my first showing with them. And it's a great thing. It's, like, my, you know, biggest accomplishment in BMX racing, but at the same time it was like man, I had just left the person that, you know, brought me there who's pretty much gonna, you know, you yeah. know and, and I was selling selling his frames and, you know, everything was working well. it's just he didn't have that next tier for me to But Mike uh, Mike
1: Redman, because I, I mean I know the BMX side of mm. it. I'm sure he was just as proud because that's what he built you up for. Mm. Because even us with the T three team That's
2: what exactly
3: what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, like our our that. our team I think we learned that probably 10 years ago. Like, we really accepted, like, we are a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're a team at this level. This is the type of support we can provide well because we've tried to provide this level of support. And it's like, we're not set up to do that. Like, it, let's be real. You know, we have to, reality hits down here. Right. And so we can do certain things. So just, I don't know Mike Redmond personally, mm-hmm. but... It sounds like very much like our system it's what? just like yeah. you know we, we've we had writers that you know we've three or four years we've worked with them and then they move on to the next thing and it's like it is that proud dad moment and proud mom for you that you know we're like okay we got to be a part of part of that path and but we know, we know we know they wouldn't have that success without us and that's but it is what it is you know that's that's the way so i'm sure i mean i bet you
1: him watching you at that to win that is just like oh yeah that moment for him because that's what it is for us i mean it's It's yeah and redmond i mean building having coal canyon you Mm -hmm. know because i used to announce for him out there so from coal canyon to building the frames you know and i think i still have one of the aluminum with this indian head on the front frame the The monocoque yeah yeah, for sure and love the guy like he just he has the passion too and out of pocket we do that because we see what is in front of us right yes and so that's that's rad and that's like you but here you're still sitting here how many years later saying you owe that to him yeah so that's super grateful for for what you had you know Mm
3: -hmm. so um my sound is sound funky okay so you had great success in bmx Mm -hmm. you uh you i know trained at the olympic center did some things uh your uh, roommates with our our friend mike day mm-hmm. um the whole olympic thing didn't pan out how how you had planned yeah right you were an alternate is that right yeah uh,
2: alternate okay. but also on the olympic long team you know okay. as part of the program so i traveled with the olympic hopefuls to the world cup so okay. and only like a certain amount of us were selected okay
3: yep. um and we're not going to delve too deep into it but then you hit you hit a, a, a rock bottom point you, yeah you kind of yeah. went down a path you were uh, got addicted to some some <laughs> pretty bad things sure. and uh, just because we're so about helping kids and I know you are too because oh, yeah. you were on our team and I just watch you with the younger ones and you always want to share your experience mm-hmm. your you know knowledge things that you've learned The hard knocks, like we don't want other people to go through hard knocks, Mm -hmm. but because I've had my own hard knocks too, and it's like I want to, I want people to learn from it. I don't, you know, I don't want them to go through that, but some of us have to go through it to learn because we're too, I'll just speak for myself, I'm too stupid to do it any other way, (laughs) right? (laughs) Stubborn, yeah, you just gotta go through it your own way. But but Mm -hmm. what, what led to you going down that path yeah. what were the things that you saw like looking back now as an a, as an adult mm. um what led to you going down that path of, of you know diving into I, I mean you were you were living in a world that you weren't raised in you yeah weren't, you yeah. know it was it was something so yeah, was w- what are some things that yeah. you saw that that were
2: like yeah. might help others <laughs> yeah, from no, going down t- that t- road totally i mean life throws you you know curveballs or lemons, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, everyone takes them their own way. But at the same time, when you mention like, you know, successful BMX writer, like, um, uh, you know, I, I, when I look back, it's like, yeah, I had some success, but I don't really like praise myself on being a successful BMX writer. Um, because like, I never put that work into it. And like, I can even say that based off, like I put much more work into my daily goals and now, um, mountain biking, just work, my wife, you know, just normal life things. And like, that's what I mean. Like when my BMX days, I was like living off my talent, you know, like Mm. I was just so, so good on a bike that it just kind of naturally led me to riding with the best guys, being at the, you know, the center. And I was just like riding so much that basically like these things were happening for me. And, um, so like that just show that just like starting there like me not putting in the hard work then is what kind of led me to my downfalls later on and you start to just get in this like habit of like you know I would show up to the track or show up to the races and be like oh I'm this like you know known for like my style and everyone's just watching me ride my bike and like I don't really need to have results and that's you know honestly in a way kind of like what Rockstar and Haro were paying me to do was look good on a bike but at the same time they were expecting results and I was kinda like putting that putting that far behind my mind. Like I'd come up with an excuse like to not make the main event, you know, basically and but then I'd have these like spurts of success that would like get me on the podium at the world championships and so it, like kinda like legitimize myself. But um, you know, the the Olympics things, like it, it was like it was it was a huge thing. It was such a big goal for me, and, like, you know, I even, like, got, you know, a medallion kind of tattooed on my forearm, like, with a Bible verse behind it, like, to give me strength through it, and, um, and like, but at the same time, like I told you, I wasn't giving it, like, my all to, yeah. like, succeed. I was just kind of in the right place to, like, make it look like I was succeeding. So, you know, when it didn't happen for me, when I failed at the Olympic trials, like, I had this like massive lead and then like overshot this jump and like crashed out and like you know it was like a fashionable crash out almost and like you know I, I hurt my leg to the point where like um you know I just couldn't like I did, couldn't come back for the next round as strong and you know Mikey Day you know won it and you know went to the Olympics and but at the same time I'm you know I'm like dude he's like he's gnarly like I saw like how much work he's putting into this you know yeah I was at the Olympic training center with him and I'm like showing up late. I'm like maybe in the gym, like I may be at some track practices, you know, but like, I'm like thinking I'm living the dream, but like, I'm seeing what Mikey's doing and you know, I'm like, I wasn't doing that. So like, he deserved that. You know, I was just like, I have a good start. I have a good sprint, you know, I have good skills, but mentally I wasn't there. So, um, and my mental is now like, I love life now so much more um, than I did then because basically, like, I was just living in, like, this anxiety pocket then, like, and, like, it just be, and that's because it was my fault. I wasn't comfortable enough with myself to, Mm. to, to, you know, to say no to things, you know, so when this, when this comes about, like, sometimes the easier way is to, take a pill or to smoke a joint or Mm -hmm. you know to you just think it's like that's just easier than the hard work right you know yeah and so like oh I'm gonna go to a track practice and then rather than you know focus on like going to the gym later or gym in the morning then track like no I'm gonna you know whatever it was to make me feel more comfortable so I was hanging around with the wrong people at the time I was a superstar to some people you know and so people wanted to hang around me and like I was affected by decisions and like I was handed, you know, a pain pill like to just like, mm-hmm. do you take this out? You know, like
3: you take know, the edge off. Yeah, whatever. Just, like, yeah, it,
2: exactly. And like for me, not being strong enough and not being comfortable enough with myself and not mm-hmm. loving myself and like having all these incer- insecurities at a young age and being able to afford these things and not have a real job. And like if there's any advice I could give to like, young, yeah, it's just like, Go get a bike shop job, you know, go, go work somewhere. Even if you do have like a mountain bike yeah. goal or career and you have sponsors right now, you have time to work and to build structure off of it. Because if I was put in a place where I had some time to work and like not always think I had to be on my bike and didn't have so much downtime, I would have never started using, you know? Yeah. And so I'm making money, I'm sponsored, I'm traveling through these races, I'm, now able to like afford my habit, right? So it's
1: which is even way worse.
2: It's way worse, exactly, yeah. because I'm it's yeah. it's always and,
3: and it's such a catch 22 because you get you know, so I know from my my own past, you know, I had this really good group of friends like starting out in high school and like they're like good dudes. A couple of them are still my closest friends. But I started hanging out with these different people and my friends over here were good and they had jobs and they were, and I worked too, but I quit hanging out with them so much because we had opposite schedules and whatever. And those bad people are always there waiting in the wings, right? Yes. And I don't want to say they're bad people. It's people that are, that are making bad choices and doing some bad things. They're not, you know, and, and that influence is always there. Mm -hmm. It's always there just waiting to, to swallow you up really and that's how when i look back and see it and it sounds like kind of the same with you it's like you know you had you had this group of bmx friends or or you know whatever teammates whatever they were putting in the work and you're like "Eh, i don't need to do all that work right and you talked about so many things already like you talked about insecurities and low self-confidence and and people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Like, here you are, this elite athlete who's making a name for himself, mm-hmm. and it looks like you're having this success, whereas you're not taking care of yourself, right? And yeah. you don't know how. But, no, but
1: nobody else yeah. sees that. Like, because, right. Because they don't see that. That's that's the trip. Like mm-hmm. And you, I see that as you're older. I'm sure you see that in people now. Yeah. Like, you could see insecurities are, are huge. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit I have them. I You know, not believing in yourself or subsiding to, to what – the facade is, right? Yeah. So you put up this facade mm-hmm. that this is yeah totally. and a lot of it came natural. And we know natural writers mm-hmm. who don't have to work at it as hard tend to be lazy and other things yes. are very insecure because this is what Stephen Caesar. I'm this, I'm that. But back here, you you know, in your own room when nobody's around, your own insecurities, that's where drugs happen. That's yes. where because your other friends prey on or other people preyed on that. And I have to say when I met you you really didn't talk a lot, you know, yeah. like I'm like, tell me about you, you know, and then that day, and then to, to go watch the video, and then I called you crying, because, and to sit here with the person we're sitting with now, because I know we'll fast forward, but we yeah. were on the team, but to sit with the person now, even from the person who came on the team, yeah. and, and I know, it, so fortunately and unfortunately, whatever way you guys want to see it, I am, um, I'm very, my voice is strong, and I'm very which is what you get. Fault and, you know, <laughs> good and bad, right? But me and you stood up to each other. And it's, I have nothing but mad love for you. Like, and, but the thing is, is even some of the things you're saying here right now, like I can get teary eyed because even two years ago, oh yeah, you were not this person sitting here, yeah. not the drugs and all that. Just the fact of I'm happy you 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 know your wife, You got a, your truck. Oh my god, I yeah. love it. He yeah. rolled up Thank in you. a truck today that oh. I love. Like it's, 2 yeah. years ago that wasn't this. Well, the what's,
3: yeah. what's rad is we've we've been we've been on the like just having known him for a couple of years. You know, we get to be part of Stephen's life as he's I don't know if you want to call it rebuilding or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's That's it's you're you're finding you're finding your your place in who you are as a man.
2: Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. I mean, because you got to understand, like, I've been on a bicycle racing races since I was seven years old. And that's all I've known. And, you know, as I put it in first place, like, school wasn't as important to me. So, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, being my, all my, like, everything, my whole past was has been scheduled for me. You know, everything. Like, you're going to this race. Structured. Structured you know, you're going to go, you should be practicing on these days, you know, um, that, that was my whole life. So when I stopped racing at, um, you know, I had a break there with my drug habits. I had to go through rehab. So i had like good two years, like off the bike and my, um, I had a big comeback story, but at the same time, like when I stopped racing at 28, 29 years old, I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was like, okay, so now I had to get a job. And that was not really like a hard thing to know to do. It was just like getting the right job, finding the right place, you know, and thankfully I had my parents to allow me to like kind of give me that time to find it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, as as a professional athlete, you know, and the kind of like what I was putting on, you maybe thought I made a lot of money, you know, at the time as if you're in the BMX scene. But, no, you know, it's you're kind of just kind of put out onto the streets once you stop racing in a way for some people, you know. It's like, okay, now you got to go find a job. It's like it's, you don't have any more funding, you know. So yeah. I had to change my whole life, and it took a lot of hard work. And, like, um, and big part of it was just learning to work on myself again. You know, I'd already overcome a drug addiction. I'd already overcome these things. But at the same time, now I'm having to find a path in life, you know. And, mm-hmm. like, the mountain bike, honestly, is – I could say the number one thing, you know, besides like family and, you know, my wife but the mountain bike was like what really like brought a structure to me yeah. and like gave me, you know, a feel of confidence and just elevating myself. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And that's kind of like the program, like with us, like, you know, they they get done with you because do, you do that, that whole juniors program, right? So we have Groms and then you get up to the junior program. Then it's like, all right, well. If you want to do World Cups, you're out of here. There's no that in between, and that's what we have. And so that's kind of like the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. here's the real world. And we've met a lot of athletes trying to go out, and And here's the other thing. Some of them made really good money. Yeah. Now they go out there and they're like, what do you mean I'm making 14 or $15 an hour? Yeah. Or you have, what work knowledge can you put down on? So right. it is that. it It's that, what do you do in between, right? Mm-hmm. So not only the drug addiction, which hats off to being able to, overcome that and you said you did it a couple of times and mom and dad and stepdad right who the support and hard love right it was was only
2: one time so i've never like relapsed or gone gone back to it It was just like a one you know hard i lost everything basically hit rock bottom like when it happened you know it was crazy because i was at the top of the top so like i had you know i just played second at the world kind of just you know it's top of my game is how i should say not the top of like there's people above me but um I was getting paid to do something, you know, that most people dream of to do. Oh, yeah. So um, it, it's a so like I let it's c- crazy to the because I let it all go. I mean, I gave it all up like I literally was, you know, I had more chances. I was still so young, only like 22, 23 years old. And I just let it all go. My whole paycheck would go into Oxycontin, you know. Mm. And then once my sponsor dropped me and I had no more funds for Oxycontin, you know, I was, I started finding heroin, you know, and I found heroin inside of rehabs like to where people in rehabs were teaching me, Hey, this is how, where you go get heroin when you get out. And it was a cycle of that. I had to get out of this like rehab cycle. I had to, you know, I had to want it more. I had to get, I had to want something more than the heroin, you know? And like my one of my I've, think I think I've mentioned this before in another podcast, but like I one of my most vivid memories is like me leaving my parents' house on the last bike that Haro gave me, and it wasn't even a race bike. It was like this dirt jumper bike they gave me to like just you know hone my skills on. And the bike didn't even have a headset in it. Literally, it had the loose headsets where it was like clacking against the frame. And I was taking this bike to ride down to the to the Red Line Metro uh, train station to then take it to Hollywood. And this would be an hour mission, and I don't only have exact enough money to go pick up my heroin. And literally, you know, like, as I'm riding down to, to go to the train station, I'm wa- watching people, like, just walking casually with their families and and just going on hikes and just smiling. I'm like, why can't I be that way? Why can't I be normal? Why can't I just, like, be on a walk with my family right now? Why do I have to be going to a train station right now to to go pick up heroin? And, like, everything inside me was just making me do that. It was, like, this force. Like, I had to go yeah. do it. And even I I might have even stolen 40 bucks from my parents' wallet before it and just taken off, you know? Like,
3: yeah.
2: it was a bad place. And, like, a couple months prior, people saw me at the top of the sport on, you know, on a huge team, you right. know? And so um, it, it was crazy, you know? Yeah. It, it, was, it, it was a big way to lose it all and hit yeah. Rock Bottom, but... You know, now I can say I'm thankful for it, you know, and and it took a long time to say that. Yeah. Um, But but you might
1: not be sitting here if you didn't have that inner body experience of seeing these people and going. And what I was getting to Mm -hmm. is your parents Mm -hmm. being your huge support Mm because you have to Mm -hmm. want it more than anybody. Mm -hmm. Same thing on the course. You've got Mm -hmm. to want it more than that next guy. But here you've got to want it more for you. And yeah. if not, we wouldn't be, I guarantee you doing that much heroin. We, we wouldn't be sitting here with Steven Cesar right now. You'd, yeah. you'd yeah. be in, in a coffin. Yeah. And, and that's got to yeah. be a fear for your parents because, oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine like seeing yeah. your kid who was doing all this and now is just rock bottom. But yeah. I mean, hats off to you a million mm-hmm. times over because like you said, you learned it, what they thought they were putting you in mm-hmm. rehab to do good. Mm-hmm. You learned how to do worse.
2: Yeah, it was more like, they were supporting something they they in in their own right like they're just th- thinking it was gonna make me better but it was almost almost like right I got put into a place where they were making me feel better and so they were making me feel better with medication like these yeah. detox places and so it's like you're not fully withdrawing from your habit because you're just being weaned off something but then you become addicted to those right medications they're giving right. you um, yeah so it just it it becomes hard so like I had to just kind of just go through these things to just <clears throat> finally go to a, like, a I got arrested a couple times, you know, with, with amounts of heroin on me. So it took so many rock bottoms. They were just like the one big one. That's when I got arrested with so much that I had like five years, you know, they were saying, I'm going to go to j- prison for five years. Like it was gnarly. Like I was like, I was scared, but I got a public defender that basically worked it to where I would get like a rehab stint. And you know, obviously that's what I chose, but I went to like a rehab and like, you know act in california and it was literally where like people from prison were coming out of to go to to basically transfer to like their next spot so i was inside of this place with like a whole bunch of prisoners and like i was like i never want this again man like i and you know when you're it's almost like a scared straight moment right yeah and you're hearing all these people in these meetings they make you go to and they're like 60 years old they're like oh i've you know been in this program for you know multiple times, you know, and I, I wish I would have gotten this when I was 20 years old and I'm like, I'm getting this right now. I'm never going through this again. And so when I look back at like all these things and when I start back when I was like a kid, I wasn't an addictive person when I was a kid. The only thing I loved to do was ride my bike, yeah. you know, and that brought success. It's like these things when you start to turn teenager going into your early adult years, you're trying to impress people and you know, you that can go wrong Mm -hmm. because you're trying to impress the wrong people sometimes and it puts a pressure on you to do things and um i don't look at at myself as an addictive person you know i don't have anything that like i i worry about these days because i have everything so together with my structure in life now that you know i i can't believe i did the things i did back then you know yeah i I, I, i'm like wow you know what what was I thinking to go that far, that deep into something, you know, ruin my family basically at one point, you know, and that's still a huge thing is like rebuilding that with them. And uh, that's taken a long time to allow me to love myself that just because I had so much guilt of what I did to my family. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm such a good person, but yeah. like, these th- <laughs> like one <laughs> pill made me like an evil, evil person. Yeah. And it's actually carried with me, you know, throughout all these years after like, success. And it's just still, it's just like this bad thing that's kind of like led behind me. And then I, you know, I dislike drugs. I don't like drugs. Right, like I, right But the stigma stays behind you because I had that. But at the same time, like if I look at, back, look back at, it, it's like, it almost wasn't my fault. Like I took this pill and it was just because I wasn't trained, to, trained early enough to be strong enough. you right. know And I'm not going to blame my parents on that. It was just something that it just wasn't instilled in me early enough, yeah. you know? So, well, yeah, so, I mean th- so we've been talking about s- the the <laughs> lows. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, right? Let's go to the highs and, now. And, well, we're going to take a commercial
3: break. Yeah. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to talk about moving forward from there. Mm. And we'll talk about. Uh,
1: His two wheels up to t- now. Yeah, because,
3: <laughs> I mean, th- that's that's the, the the good part that we've gotten to to appreciate Stephen for. And, mm-hmm. so
1: and just out there, uh, I know we've talked about it. He has, does have other podcasts out there. If you want to hear a story, he tells it really good. But have tissue because yeah. I cried. <laughs> but it it gets to, when you go to meet him. It's still to me. I'll say this real quick before the commercial break. You're still at that high for me because it takes a lot to get there, and you've been there. You've been down, and you're back up. So to me, huge props. So Thank you. <laughs> into commercial. All movie.
3: right.
0: How much thought have you put into your mountain bike suspension? Most riders set the air pressures, and that's the last time they ever think about it. But why not make the most of the technology inside your bike's fork and shop? The crew at Trail Tune Suspension can help you dial in your ride with factory level service and tuning, complete with data acquisition equipment to really analyze your needs, based on your skill, speed, height, weight, and riding locale. Fast turnaround times, competitive pricing, and free return shipping inside of Southern California. Make the Trail Suspension crew the obvious choice to get your ride dialed in. Support local homegrown businesses. Check them out at TrailTuneSuspension.com.
3: All right. Thank you, Trail for your support. And the a, uh, commercial summed it up. Oh, we got a special guest.
1: Hi, Bubba. <laughs> this is Winky. Winky Winky's Winky.
3: making a showing. He's hey saying Winky. hi to everybody. Yeah.
1: Just making sure we're good after that commercial break. Yep. Okay. So,
3: th- uh, yeah, send your suspension trail to Trailton. We've talked about it before, and let's. Uh,
1: Local, quick, free shipping back to Southern California. What can you go yeah, wrong, right?
3: Yeah. So let's jump back in with Stephen here. So Stephen, when when uh, all goods go back, I know Lala already shared about uh, when she met you. So. Yeah. Me coming from pretty much just moto and mountain biking, not knowing anything about BMX. So, you know, I got told, yeah, he's, you know, badass BMX racer and, you know, kind of given some of your past. She told me about the, the video that she had watched on, uh, I'm not sure um, who put that out, but it was basically about your addiction. Oh, yeah. And just the the so road that you went down with that. And so we've already covered that. So I was like, all right. Like he wants to be on
1: the team, Jay. Really I like, him. like that taco. Yeah, had. I'm like this
3: huh. is this is pretty legit. Like it's someone someone with some cycling accomplishment that we don't always get the opportunity to have. Like we we groom a lot of riders and bring them up, you know. And so here's someone who's already had some accomplishments as a cyclist, but now going into to racing mountain bikes. And so so I got to meet you, and I'd, I'll just say my my first impression was okay. He's super low key, and you know this past has, has kind of formed him into to where he's at now. Um, but then when I saw you ride, I was like, I just remember being out at the, um, I think the, f- gosh, it was one of the first races you did on the team. We were out at Fontana, a local Enduro race. And you take off from the start and I'm just watching and there's like roost coming off your <laughs> rear tire. And I just watched everyone else's head who's up there at the start just like, Oh, <laughs> they're just like we're done. Like we're cooked. Like he just beat us all right there. Like there's so much power, you know. And something like yeah, there's a there's some f- there's some BMX power right there. And it
1: was funny because whenever we were down in the pits after that first race. Everyone was like, "Did you see the dirt that came off yeah. of Steven's yeah. tire?" So,
3: so anyhow, <laughs> so I got to um, you know we did a, a trip to Colorado. Um, you know, I just I got to see the intensity.
1: Focus. And desert. focus
3: of a of a professional racer. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how you weren't disciplined at a young age. Mm-hmm. But now, being older and appreciating things that you have because you've worked for them. Mm-hmm. And you're paying your way. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, stuff costs money. It's not just handed out all the time. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so, being able to, to know you as that person... Mm-hmm. Is awesome because I'm going, holy cow! Like this guy, this guy like has has potential, not just as a racer, but as a mentor, as a friend, as you know all these things because you 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 bring so much to the table. And I think I'm gonna I'll just say I think you sell yourself short <laughs> a lot because you're hard on yourself, mm-hmm. and we all are. We're, we're all our worst critics right Right, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, we've talked about that with i was we just sharing this morning some of the kids on the team like they're so hard on themselves because they want to be at this level right now mm-hmm. and it's like you put in the, the real work so that you can really achieve that level and sustain it yes yeah, and that's what i'm about so anyhow so all that being huh. said um
1: and, and I'm talking to two introverts too, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. you guys don't know, I know well, I talk. I'm, I'm
3: still because I get to talk to my friend and I get to talk about bikes. So. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> but even the first time talking to him, he was like, it was like, yes. And yeah, I'm like very professional yeah. and very quiet. And I'm like, okay, he's not a talker. And then, like you said, even for me to see like that. And it's like, here's your focus. And as of today, just so you know, when we still talk to the kids, if we, ha- if we could try to instill a little bit of your focus and your like mental game to them. Oh my gosh, we'd have royal couplers all day yeah, long, yeah. you know. Oh. So,
3: it's so different. okay, so we su- so, all that being said, you mentioned it real quick, yeah. and I just found this out today. Hmm?
2: You just got married. Yes. All right. I, I'm super happy. We're happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. And so, um, your your wife, Lupe. Yes. Or, 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 or loops as i like to <laughs> yes, uh, loops. yeah yeah yes. so
1: and they have a baby his name's axel he has four <laughs> legs we love axel <laughs> yes. yeah Don. we're gonna get
3: a picture of uh, Stephen <laughs> steven and, and axel yeah, to, yeah to you put know up we're, on all, the we're all about
1: the animals so we need a picture of you and him so Absolutely. we can put it up we'll put up Axel. So he's amazing <laughs> i think he's learning to um is not shroping it's uh What's it when you jump and you you get real low? Oh, he scrubs. Robert. He scrubs. He's, He scrubs. scrubs. He definitely scrubs. I've yeah. seen him scrub. If you check him out on, the, on his Instagram. <laughs> okay. So,
3: um, so let's talk about what what are your race plans? Yeah. In the um, upcoming year, we're we're here at in in January of 2022. So, what what are your race plans through through this season? Wait, well, before we get there, yeah. I want to oh. know
1: what this mustache. You get uh, married, no, I, uh, you get the creeper mustache. <laughs> <laughs> what is this?
2: Uh, you really. <laughs> So. you rolled
1: up on me, and you're like, Lola, I'm like, what is this? So,
2: you know, it, that comes to, like, how you kind of mentioned how I'm quiet, and that's kind of how, what I've been known for, you know, throughout my years, but, like, you know, my, my speaking comes out on the bike, you know, or my my actions come out on my bike, and on my mountain bike these days, but, you know, the, the stash is just to basically, you know, show that, you know, the. Just to rock your confidence, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and the stash makes me faster, honestly. Oh, but, there you uh, go. No, um, it's All a right. speech stash. <laughs> yeah, For nice. Nice. I, yeah. He went to hug me. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. <laughs>
1: Lupita, it is definitely a, a creeper stash. Yeah. So I'm good with
2: it. She's loving it, so I, it's and, all and I
1: love it too. You Thank wear it well, you. so go back to your story. Yeah.
3: Okay. So race plans 2022.
2: Yeah. yeah so um you know I'm going to be doing all the BMES for 2022, okay. except for the first one in Ironton. But so four out of five, and you know I have some goals of just trying to get in that, trying to get in the top ten, you know, at a BME. Um, and it's it's i think a huge goal because these guys are in enduro racing just like incredibly fast yeah and you know i'm i'm putting in the work to to be able to accomplish that so i just uh yeah so i know there's uh
3: you know there's there's some some bmx racers who've had success in the enduro racing Mm -hmm. what's what's the draw for you Mm -hmm. to enduro racing
2: yeah i mean going back so like how i mentioned how i didn't really work hard with my bmx days and it just came natural like the mountain bike comes very natural to me as well. But to have fun on a mountain bike, like, with a BMX bike, you could still go have fun, you know, because you could go hit some jumps, just hit the track, like, it's a 30-second lap, like, and no matter what. But to have fun on a mountain bike, you have to be in shape, you know, no matter what. To make five laps fun, like, for your daily training, like, to go to Rocky Peak, train at Seamy, And, like, if you want to have fun, it, you have to be in shape. So, yeah. like, that's just, like my life now revolves around me being in shape and me just being able to like I'm not obsessed with the mountain bike but it satisfies me so much and allows my work structure and for me to be the person I you know want to be around my family and whatnot that I love the hard work now and like I wish I would have had this hard work ethic you know when I was younger at peak of my career you know but yeah it's, but it's made you how, into the I man is. you are now. That's, yeah, that's and, what I, I always appreciate, too. I mean, and, yeah. And so, like, I have a different appreciation for it now because I don't have a pressure of, like, having to do this for, like, sponsors and, like, oh, I have to do well at, you know, this this upcoming race to, like, afford, like, my rent and mm-hmm. things like that. I actually have a full-time job. I'm just, like, I'm doing this because I love it, you know, and yeah. I really do. I just love how a mountain bike works. I love how it's designed. I love working on them. I, you know, I love... Everything that goes into a mountain bike I love because I have a huge motocross background. That's, you know, that was my first goal and vision as a kid was, like, I'm going to be, like, what Jeremy McGrath was, you know, straight up. And that's all I watched, you know, VHS tape through VHS tape, like – wore him out VHS and yeah, i know steel I roots, roots. No, straight up no like i he's had, watching steel roots I had, and had, crusty demons I, my dad was so obsessed with the sport that he had every single supercross event recorded on vhs tape and we had a cabinet of just old races yeah. and i would study these this was before youtube and whatnot and so i would just be studying riding style that's what i love to do yeah and Um, it showed on the BMX bike and I have a pretty good riding style on a motocross bike, but I think it really comes through on the mountain bike just because I'm, I love modulating brakes. I love how suspension works, you know, and it's so similar into how a BMX and dirt bike work in the same time that like, yeah, I wish I was, you know, hate saying I wish, but like if I could be 24 again, you know, with the factory sponsorship, but with my work will, on a mountain bike, you'd probably see you know a pretty capable EWS rider, right? You know? Right. But that's just you know that's life's curveballs. Is I'm actually you know turning 36 in September, and you know I just love to do this for for a passion. And basically, you know, my whole you know me and my wife we're putting a lot into it this year with the BMEs. So like, it's kind of like it's. It's a, it's a team. We're a team. And, like, you know, our money is going into the BMEs this year. And it's because we love to do it. And, yeah. Um, I love the CES race as well. I love any enduro race, honestly. I'm not even, like, trying to give BME, like, credit here right. just because I signed up for them this year. Like, I love any kind of enduro race. I just love to be racing. I loved racing Southridge-Fontana this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something I feel like I need to do because of the work I didn't put in when I was younger that – now I am putting in the work and I want to show in a totally different, like I'm just known as this BMX rider, but like if if it was my choice to go back, I would have chosen mountain bike and put in all my w- hard work into it because I love mountain biking so much more, you know? And, um, maybe it's just my age now. Like it's because I'm, when, when yeah. I, if you would have spoken to me when I was 24, I probably would have been talking BMX up like this right now. Like it's a s- raddest thing, a- yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah, <laughs> but, um. No, mountain biking is is what but I love. But it's life. Sure. It's, it's yeah.
1: as we grow and what we go into, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. I mean, if you would ask me if I was going to see when I said this last time, mm-hmm. seeing a bunch of men in lycra as my as my job, I would have <laughs> never like because men don't belong in lycra. <laughs> but it's it's out there, yeah. and um, but it's... it. it who knows what person would be sitting here today Yeah if you didn't go through those life experiences, yeah. right? Yes. And mm-hmm. and talking, we had Maxine Irving and, and the whole mental health game, mm-hmm. right? And, and whether it's bipolar, whether it's drugs, whether it's um, just your own insecurities, mm-hmm. and that all plays a part in everything that you're doing. So that's why you are where you're at today because I guarantee you, you landed a wonderful woman because of the person you are today. Yeah. And yeah. I have honestly seen you guys grow together in the past couple of years, which yeah. she went through nursing school and you helped support her when she yeah. needed it and she helped support you. So when you say teamwork with you guys, it's definitely true. Yeah. Because I've seen her get on a bike, and right. she was like, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." And now she—that smile. If you go on your Instagrams and see her smiling, she's she's not faking that smile. Yeah. She's—it wasn't like, "Okay, I'll put this on and go ride with you." Like she's like, "Let's go get me a bike. Let's do this." Yeah. And I remember when she was looking for something better because she outgrew the first beginning mm-hmm. thing. So, the teamwork is definitely there with you guys, yes. and I love seeing you guys grow together because that's why you're here today. That's why. Not here, here, but that's why you're yeah. the person, like you said. <laughs> you feel, I think, I think what I'm hearing throughout is you feel you owe it to yourself, yes. not to everyone else to follow, because I think you got strong enough you don't care what people think about you. I think I've gotten there and yeah. I'm getting there in life. I've gotten there. Um, I think that's the big thing. You cared what everyone thought, like you said, always trying to show up for sure. or to be that, look at me, I'm the fame, I'm this. Mm. Now you're like, you're doing it for your own mental yes. game. And that's huge. Mm. Trying to, talking to Maxine, deciphering that too is huge. I know earning your parents back your their trust mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was number one on your list. It's huge, yeah. And yeah. I remember our night conversations of this and so and, you know, going back to them supporting you through everything and even today and from the day you got engaged in that picture on your Instagram of like your mom's smile was like and your stepdad. You know, I know and we say stepdad because he remarried. his mom married him, but I know he plays a big part in oh, yeah. and yeah. and I know one of the conversations mm-hmm. we had about him and I have to bring this up because props props off to you because mm-hmm. most people will be like that's not my dad mm-hmm. being a step parent you know it's not it's not blood it's mm-hmm. still they there for you mm-hmm. and I know he was really hard on you yeah. but that hard love you wanted to impress him and wanted him to be more proud of you and I remember this look like, at I can get teary-eyed because I remember this conversation with you mm-hmm. and the day he did it you were like wow like Forget what you ride, forget yeah. what you drive, forget everything. Yeah. That was an accomplishment for you. And you say you hit goals. Yeah, And I know that was one of them. So I yeah. don't remember his it's, name, though. No, what is it's it?
2: Rudy, I mean, he's my stepdad. And, like, I just say that in the way because, like, you know, as a stepdad, he took me on, like, when I was five years old or something like that. So, but in doing that, like, he has, he has never even touched the dirt bike in his life. You know what I'm saying? But in doing that, he, like, supported it more than, more than, more than anyone, basically, with my mom, you know, bought a full trailer for me to live this dirt bike dream to try to make it. And, like, we went to this amateur national in Texas for dirt biking, spent a whole bunch of money. But what hurts me is that, you know, he did all this for me, and then I, like, when I when the drug addiction came around, I took more from him than anyone, yeah. you know, like, cash out of his wallet. Like, he's the nicest person, but I'm kind of doing him the dirtiest. So, like, when I came back, you know after my BMX career was over, he was like kinda like I could understand it now because he's like, Is he is he just gonna like fail again or is he gonna do it right? You know? And like that's what I did. I didn't want to fail him again. So we right. had our battles. We had it like I was explaining to you and like I was like, I'm doing everything right, Lala and like he's still not like Believing in me or whatever, and like want you know wanting to trust this, but at the same time I needed to prove it to him, and it's been taking this yeah. long to do it. But you know, finally my stepdad Rudy, who I, who's like the man, like he he's finally believing in me again, and he believing in my path and believing in my decisions these yeah. days. But you know, well he's seen yeah. an adult
1: making decisions, yeah. not yeah. not somebody who yeah. is well. Do you know who I am? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sir, that's that's what I'm saying. So to sit here with somebody you know like i think i've gotten closer to you than a lot of people in the past couple of years just because you were struggling to to build yourself back up mm-hmm. and you want you know it's the same thing we tell the kids you want to get here but you have to do the steps yeah. and i know that with rudy like dropping you off at work or you know it was like you hated it yeah. so i know when you rolled up in that little van yeah. was like a little bit of freedom yeah. a little bit of you and you did it on your own yeah that's the thing and then to see those goals that you're talking yeah, about exactly and yeah. and my my big thing yeah. is like the support you had behind it but hard love you yeah. know and like you definitely have had some hard love so yeah. for you and lupita they come through this yeah. and then now like seeing oh. you smile and now these bmes like where before it was like okay how are we gonna do this like and bringing you onto the team you were so appreciative. Yeah. With it. it was so funny because people were like, oh, is he leaving in a bad way? Like, no. Yeah. It's your next step. You know sure. what you needed to do. And so, and you know we're here for you. If you ever need anything, we're here. Like, yeah. that's always an open door for you. Yeah. You know that. And and go ahead. No, I was gonna
3: huh? just going to, leading into, um, you know, just what he's doing now. Oh, so my yeah. Gosh, so he's yeah. doing the BMEs. Yeah. And another thing that you, you talked about already is, you know, you had to find a job after, yeah. you know, find – but finding the right job. For sure. And you've found a pretty cool niche right now. Yeah. What, what are you what are you doing
2: for I work like right it. now? Yeah, I work for a mobile bike shop, VeloFix, and I actually have my own Mercedes Sprinter um, mobile bike shop Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. whoa. They trust you with the vehicle? <laughs>
2: uh, no, 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 no. So, you know, that's what's funny you say that, like, Rudy really having to drop me off at work and whatnot because, like – you know at the top of my bmx career i had brand new tacomas brand new vw gtis like all these things right but then as your career is winding down you're not going to be able to afford those payments anymore so before you know i just got my life started to where it is now i kind of gave everything up to start from ground up and some people might have thought oh did you go on drugs again and whatnot but it was not like that i was just having to rebuild my life so like you know, like Lala mentioned, I got this little van, like, uh two years ago, and, you know, a little NV200, and, like, I thought it was, like, the coolest little mountain bike m- mobile, yeah. you know, and it was cool, and then I recently just got a new um, 2021 Toyota Tacoma, and it's just, like, I've already had these things, you know, 10 years ago, though, you know, Right. And it's, like, I've already lost these things, too, so it's, like, just to be getting them back in the right way in my confidence, in my mindset, in my mindset yeah. right now, and, like, just my mountain bike lifestyle, me with a wife, like, and we're doing big things. And, like, it feels so much better. It feels so so much more right, you know. And so, like, that just makes my goals, you know, much, like, stronger these days. Anytime I set a goal, it's, like, you know, like, leading into the 22 BME season here, it's, like, these goals now feel much stronger than they did in 2008 leading into an Olympics. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, it's literally, like... These BME races mean much more to me than the 2008 Olympics just based off of like I'm paying for them for myself. I'm I I'm riding daily, you know, in between work, before work, after work. I'm putting in, you know, I just do it because I love it. I love the satisfaction of of feeling fit and healthy and not relying on anything but getting on my bike and right. being, you know, accomplishing a ride and feeling ready for something that yeah. I've set a goal for. Yeah. So, like, my goals for 2022 are, you know, be ready for these BMEs while sustaining a full-time job. And that's my number one. Because if I didn't work for Velofix, if I didn't work for a mobile bike shop and do what I do day to day, I wouldn't be able to afford going to a BME, wouldn't be able to afford a mountain bike. So, me being the best employee I can and and working full time and focusing on that first and foremost allows everything else to happen in my life yeah and that's why i was in in the beginning of all this mentioning you know get a job you know if if you don't have one you know even if you're 17 and you go work at a coffee shop a couple hours a week or whatever it is you know it teaches just like you responsibility it does it teaches you something that will you will you know cherish for forever and like you know, as if, yeah. if, if I could step into myself, you know, at 21 years old, like it'd still probably be hard for me. Like, okay. Cause I had it all then. Like I have people paying me. I have, you know, sponsors like going to races. It's still probably be hard for me to be like, okay, I need to go step into a, a Starbucks two days a week or whatever it is to work. But I'm telling you, if you could, if you have that will to do it, do it because it's going to put something in you and teach you. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um,
3: that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, I mean it's just, you know, it's the whole maturity thing and just appreciating yeah. life. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a new appreciation yeah. for life because you're not you're not handed something because you know, they might get something out of you. Mm-hmm. Because that's almost how it could be, right? Like looking at at, at you as a young, you know, BMX racer mm-hmm. whether it's a mountain bike racer, whatever it's always it's always hard it's like well we could do this for this racer but what what's that really going to do for them Mm -hmm. you know whereas hey do you know work towards this here's the work that you need to put in to do this and then Um. you'll get this so it's almost like the pay Mm -hmm. rather than so that's that's huge that's awesome i'm i'm excited i'm going to try to get out to some BMEs yeah. to, to race with you this year. That'd be awesome, That'll yeah. be fun. It's always good <laughs> to <laughs> see
2: the T3 setup. You know, you guys always have it looking pro. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a good good time. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. have
1: the the pilot yet. We're working on that. i you know. Uh, for sure. Remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fly in and fly oh, out. Oh yeah, back. yeah,
2: yeah. The pri- <laughs> private jet and <laughs> what all that. You, know? what, what
1: did you say? Factory status. Oh yeah. Well, pro th- status. What I did would, you guys uh, call
2: it. Tease Thomas Lawson when I was on the team about being factory status because <laughs> basically, you know, just meaning like we are always looking factory like a dirt bike team would and like some people can you know overdo it by thinking they they need more than they need and so I was just kind of just like throwing the factory term out there like you already are a factory you don't need more than what you yeah. already have you know like ride what you have ride the equipment you have and do the best you can on it and you know that factory that you have in your mindset will come you know but you gotta just take the steps up to it and um, it Will. was just—it was just an inside joke between Thomas and I, but he got it, and you know he's—he's he's a good—he's a good kid. That'll be a good T-Law. pro, I think. Yeah. I remember T-Law. you giving, giving him sure. the name t Log Yeah, t yeah, <laughs> exactly. I used to sum up people's names. Yeah. and last names. That's awesome. Yeah, so. No, it was—it's
1: good. I mean, and that's what we loved. I mean, we love to look go out looking pro, and because your confidence—it's all there. You didn't have to worry about where your jersey, where your helmet were. You know what I mean? And yeah. so for me, it was huge too. I'm gonna take him out.
3: Yeah. So before we go. Um, Supercross. Mm-hmm. You watched the first one last weekend?
2: Yeah, I always watch it. You know, I've, as I mentioned, studied VHS tapes earlier, but no, I, I keep up with Supercross and uh, I was just very, imp- I'm a huge Ken Roxon fan. So, okay. You know, All right. Um, just very impressed with how he rode, how he held off Sexton, how he didn't, you know, crumble under the pressure. And um, I think we're looking at a battle between, you know, Roxen and and Cooper Webb you know, for That's, 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 yeah.
3: that's becoming such a good battle. Yeah. I yeah, love watching yeah. that. So Me too. <laughs> yeah, we'll too. see. Cause <laughs> Webb has a new program he's on this year, mm-hmm. so he, I think he left Alden Baker, and so he's kind of doing his, I don't know what he's okay. doing exactly, but, yeah. yeah, we'll see how that pays off for him.
2: Uh, you know, usually Webb doesn't look as good as, as strong as he does early in the season, right. and what he showed, you know, at Anaheim and how rough the track was, I think we're looking at another title for Webb. You know, unless Roxon shows a new side of himself where he can... Not let webb kind of bully him. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. So
3: this this was my own take is because like Web Web's made Roxon crack in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, straight up, like it's like yeah. We've seen it. Like Mm -hmm. it's on camera. I feel bad for Roxon. The you know, and it's got to be tough. Yes. But Roxon's now in first in the points. Even it's just one race. Mm -hmm. Web's in second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's hope, what was it. hopefully, hopefully roxon just yeah, yeah i yeah. hope that he can pull it off that'd that's be it. rad that'd be super rad if he can Same. you know show show uh it's just like we've been talking on the whole podcast just a mature right like mm-hmm. you learn from your past mistakes you move on become stronger and better so yeah.
2: each year he's built you know from his uh wrist injuries so i think you know if yeah. there was a year to do it i think this is the year that he can do it now nice you know I, nice. I want him to, so yeah,
3: it'd be cool. Yeah. Right hmm. on well, I well yeah. appreciate Lala had to yeah. take Winky sure. out for, yeah. for uh his his issues. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, but it. appreciate you doing yeah. the show. We'll have you on again. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, middle of the summer. We'll see how the BMEs are going along yeah. and uh, appreciate you t- taking the time with us. Thank and you. And Lala's not here for f- to join <laughs> me on the sign off, but no matter where life's roads take you, we've been talking about life's roads taking us down some some twists and turns and rocky points today but no matter where they take you keep the rubber side down